Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You know, Saturday was my first time walking into Stanford Stadium in 50 weeks. It was just like the before times. Then the Cardinal took the field, and that was like the before times, too. Before, after, and certainly during, we have a lot to break down on this episode of the Treatcast with Troy Clarity. Presented by the Believe Podcast Network, it is Sunday, November the 15th, 2020. Hope the week is off to a good start for you. And we thank you for being a part of the program. I wish we had more wonderful things to talk about, but you know what? That's why we're here. Whether we have great things to talk about or not, we're here to break it all down. And this week, at least this episode anyway, we are breaking down a 35-32 loss to the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado surprising. They're 2-0 right now. Stanford's 0-2. That's a bit of a surprise as well. You'll hear thoughts from Cardinal head coach David Shaw, from Cardinal quarterback Davis Mills, and Cardinal safety Malik Antoine will give you three things you need to know about the game. We'll go stock up and stock down. Yeah, I actually found something to go stock up on from Saturday, believe it or not. And plus, you know, COVID-19 has put its stamp on Stanford football season already. Look, it's put its stamp on everybody's season. But is Davis Mills... COVID situation and what he's had to go through the past 10 days. Is that why Stanford's 0-2? We'll have that discussion a bit later on. And plus, one guy, one Stanford player who had a better game than you might think. So plenty of things to cover as we discuss Stanford's loss to Colorado. Buffalo's giving Stanford an early 3-0 lead, but then they started to get big plays while the Cardinal kept making little mistakes in big situations. Buffalo's getting out to a 14-9 halftime lead, then two quick touchdowns in the first half of the third quarter, one on a very easy drive, and then the second one on a busted coverage play as Salim Turner-Muhammad came in on a cornerback blitz and didn't have any help at all behind him from the safety spot. Easy touchdown pass to Brendan Rice. And Colorado led 28-9 midway through the third quarter. Stanford, after that, did get into gear, and they made it interesting, and they closed it to a three-point game, 35-32, after uh, Davis Mills threw a touchdown pass to uh, Scooter Harrington with 2.34 to go. But that would be as close as the Cardinal would get as Colorado wins 35-32. So more on that with three things coming up in just a moment. But before we do anything else, yes, college football and the NFL season are both in full swing. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. 
Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Let's get you three things that you need to know from Saturday's results. And of course, we begin with number one. Well, this game was won for Colorado and lost for Stanford on third down. Offensively, Stanford struggled again. Five for 16 on third downs. A bit more telling is what Davis Mills, the Cardinal quarterback, did on third down passing in the game's first 35 minutes. He went one for seven with just one first down in those first 35 minutes on third down. And that just stymied drive after drive after drive. Cardinal converting just one of its first nine tries on third down. Those early third down failures set the tone and David Shaw after the game was not thrilled. Really for us early on third down in this game, um, uh, th early third down in, in the Oregon game, you know, we had some opportunities and we didn't make some throws and catches. Um, same thing happened early on this game and then we, we kind of were much better in the second half and you know, third downs can be misleading when you go for it on fourth down. Because um, if you get it on fourth down, really third down for us was once we're in fourth down mode, we're just trying to get some more positive yards to go for it on fourth down. Um, so second half of that, we were much better, in particular the fourth quarter. Um, you know, um, but I'll, I'll even add one. It's it's fourth, it's third down in red zones. Um, you know, if we come out of the first the first couple drives with touchdowns, which we had opportunities to have, uh, we come out with 14 points instead of six. It's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, but it got better. But Stanford's offense overall is still just 9 of 29 on third down so far this year. Defense was brutal on third down, too, against the Buffaloes. Overall, Colorado 8 of 14 on third down. But while they were building that 28-9 lead by midway through the third quarter, Buffs converted 7 of 8 third down tries during the bulk of that stretch. Cardinal safety Malik Antoine explained what went wrong. I think they really got into uh, their, their boot game, back to pass game that was really successful for them. Going in, we knew they were going to bring that, but um, kind of a lot of times we kind of lost our eyes on the back end. That and that's things we can't do. We want to be a great defense. So again, it comes down to execution. You know, when guys do their job, we're really good. But one one out of eleven makes a mistake. It, uh, it shows what's a good team. Yeah, Buffs quarterback Sam Neuer got outside. That allowed time for the Colorado wide receivers to get deeper. Some great route running by Colorado receivers. And look, you know, Colorado found matchups that it liked, and they executed. There are a couple words to describe that, and we'll talk about them later on in the show. Right now, let's head on to number two. <laughs> And unlike last week, there was no sign of the Cardinal running game against the Buffaloes. Davis Mills was the leading rusher with 36 yards on scrambles. That, that's never, never a good thing for a, for a program that takes so much pride in its running game. And in fact, Stanford running backs, 15 carries, just 34 yards. Longest carry by any Stanford running back went for just six yards. To put that in a bit of perspective, Nathaniel Pete ran for more yards on one play against Oregon than the Cardinal did as a team against Colorado. You might remember that beat that 73-yard uh, dash for Pete against the Ducks. Well, Stanford ran for just 70 yards as a team against the Buffaloes. No sign of the running game, and that obviously had some... And, and, and look, you know, Stanford tried to, tried to establish the passing attack early, like I thought it would against Oregon if Davis Mills was running the show, and, and rightfully so, right? I mean, Stanford's strength, I, feel, I still think, 
is in its passing game with the wide receivers and with the quarterback and with an offensive line that, that has done well in pass protection so far this year. But when Stanford did try to run and to try to get that running game going, this was not there. It was not there. And it showed. And it forced the angle to get a bit steeper for the Cardinal in some pretty crucial times of that game. Let's finish up three things with number three. <laughs> Need a summary of Stanford's psychological state after the game? I'm going to play for you the first question that David Shaw took during his postgame press conference and his answer. Take a listen. Coach, you guys aren't uh, aren't used to going into the, the home locker room after a loss. Can you give us an idea of the initial reaction from the, from the players in there? They're upset. And they should be. Yeah, I'm upset, and I should be. Pretty succinct, and really nothing else to add to that. I mean, it's been over a calendar year since Stanford won a football game, and the Cardinal have lost six straight going back to last year. Remember, they dropped the final four games of the season in 2019. It's a short season in 2020, but to hear Davis Mills say it, Stanford already is in must-win mode right now. Really responded in the second half, but I mean, it was a little too little too late. We got to keep that urgency that we felt in the second half and just kind of use it the rest of the year now. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it took a 19-point deficit after about, you know, 35, 38 minutes of ball for Stanford to finally find its urgency, but hopefully they play with that urgency from here on out every single time for every single minute. That's what it's come to. And it's got to start this week against the Washington State Cougars, who have played well overall, by the way. Those are three things. Doesn't appear to be too much on the injury front from Stanford on this uh, Colorado result. Branson Bragg uh, played left guard, started at left guard for Stanford. He left with an injury in the second half and was uh, replaced at left guard by Jake Hornerbrook, who also played a bit uh, in that spot in the first half. No word on the severity of that injury to Bragg. We may know uh, more on Tuesday afternoon when David Shaw holds his weekly press conference. Good to welcome back Gabe Reed. Normally an outside linebacker, but this time around he played mostly at inside linebacker. And Caillou Blue Kelly made his 2020 season debut. Some new faces that I noticed out there. Uh, freshman offensive tackle Miles Hinton, who could very well be the future of the Stanford offensive line. He came in as an extra offensive lineman in goal line. Tight end Bradley Archer saw some playing time. And also saw running backs EJ Smith. And Casey Filkins, both on the field on one play in particular. Unfortunately, that was when Filkins caught an ill-fated push pass that, that lost six yards. We almost saw quarterback Isaiah Sanders make his Stanford debut. More on that in a bit. Um, we saw those guys. Has anyone seen Osiris St. Brown, by the way? Stanford wide receiver? Uh, he did not play against Colorado, and I don't believe he played against Oregon either. That that might be something that um, that we might need to get to the bottom of when the week continues and as we start to get closer to the uh, Washington State game. We'll do that and start previewing things for Washington State on Thursday's TreeCast. But, but right now, we're, we're sifting through the rubble of another loss by Stanford, this time to Colorado. And here was David Shaw's... I want to play this whole thing for you. It runs a couple minutes, but I think it's worth it. Here is David Shaw's complete opening statement of his postgame press conference 
after the 35-32 result and loss to the Colorado Buffaloes. Really took too long to get going. But defensively, initially early on, we played pretty well. We gave up one big play. It was inexcusable. Um, and, but for the most part, we played them pretty tough early on. And then offensively, we were out of sync, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, Davis Mills with one day of practice, um, you know, missing throws he can make. Um, uh, it's, there's no other way to say it. There's nobody to be mad at. It just happened. Um, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. And the longer he played, the better the better rhythm he found, um, the better our guys played. Um, he also was a, a you know, had a, had a drop pass that should have been a touchdown. Had a couple of the balls that were close. Um, but as he got going, he got back in rhythm and, and it was great. And bottom line, it was, it was, it was too late uh, for us to play. We needed to play at that high level the entire game. Um, Running the ball wise, we never got never got it established. Uh, coming off a really good game last week and uh, didn't play as well up front. Um, too many errors, too many guys uh, losing losing their man, and our running backs never got a chance to get going. Um, defensively, we just got to get more stops. Um, too many long drives. Um, two 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 really easy easy plays we gave them. Um, one on a long long catch and run pass early on, and then another the guy's by himself um, running for a touchdown. Um, you take out those two plays and we play a little bit better. Yeah, maybe it's a different game, but it wasn't because we made we made some errors. We let some guys go free. Um, you know, nobody's ever going to question our fight or our toughness. Um, we stayed in it to the end, um, came back and, and fought really hard to make, to fight our way back in. Got some great plays by our quarterback and a couple of our receivers. Um, got some great stops on the defensive side to get the ball back. Um, and we just, uh, it was just too little too late. Um, this team is is, is is talented, but it doesn't matter. We have to play better. We have to play better for an entire season. Um, there's no Corona to blame. There's nothing to blame. Uh, we just we're on the same page as everybody else. Same same situation. Uh, we can play better, and we must play better. A lot of things that that strike me about that that monologue from David Shaw, but above all, the biggest takeaway that I have from that is that coronavirus references aside, I could have sworn. And I could swear that David Shaw could have given that same post-game monologue after a lot of games last year, in which the offense took too long to get going, the defense let too many guys run free and couldn't get stops, and how the Cardinals are too talented to be playing like this. I could, I could probably switch back. I've got the tapes, <laughs> you know. I could go back if I, I, I could go back into the vault and and compare and contrast that post-game opening statement from David Shaw that we heard this past Saturday to uh, some post-game opening statements that we heard as the 2019 season started to devolve into what it became. And a lot of the things that we saw when Stanford was at its nadir last year, we saw again against the Buffs, an, an offense that was, that was out of whack and out of balance. Stanford called 19 straight passing plays bridging the third and the fourth quarters, 19 straight. And that gave me some flashbacks to the Washington State game last year in which Stanford called 27 straight passing plays. And that game got out of whack. And Stanford had to, that was down very big early and had to come back to make that one a contest. Cardinal also committed seven penalties. A couple delay of games. An offsides penalty that wiped out an incomplete pass on third down from Colorado, and that gave the Buffalo second life, completed a big pass downfield, and later got a touchdown. That was in the second quarter. 
Stanford's committed 17 penalties in two games, by the way. So a lot of the things that that we saw go against the Cardinal last year, I mean, Stanford appears to be relatively healthy, or at least, uh, at least emerged from Saturday's game uh, as healthy as it was when it came in. But injuries have played a part in this too. But it just seems like a lot of the things that, that went against Stanford in 2019 aren't quite going so hot for Stanford on the field again in 2020. And one of those things that we didn't have going against Stanford in 2019 that we do this year is COVID-19. It's a subplot for Stanford this week. As Davis Mills was, was one of four players who found himself in COVID purgatory this past week as Mills had a test come back positive right before the Oregon game last week, missed the game. That later turned out to be a false positive. Uh, the Pac-12 apologized for the game testing protocol errors that uh, forced Mills and wide receiver Connor Weddington and defensive end Trey Bounty to sit out last week. And it was causing some of us to jokingly wonder whether the person who was administrating the, uh, administering the, uh, the, the COVID tests in Eugene on Saturday was the duck himself. Makes you, th- makes you wonder, doesn't it? No, the, the duck didn't do it. But but those guys didn't get cleared until very late in the week and very late into prep for Colorado. Did that have an effect on Mills against the Buffs? Here's David Shaw's thoughts. I think it was obvious that he was rusty. Um, he was in isolation essentially from Saturday afternoon until Thursday night. I um, was able to come in and get one practice, and it showed. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm not happy about it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, not much we could have done about it. Um, but uh, to say that it didn't affect uh, affect his 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 performance, I think, would be would be inaccurate. Anyone else catch that slip when David Shaw said "infect" instead of "affect"? <laughs> a lot of us have said "infect" a lot more than than we would have liked uh, so far this year. But certainly, it, it it appeared to have an effect on Mills. And after the game. I asked Davis to take us through his week and what it took for him to get through the week just to even get to game day. Definitely a very odd week for me. Got news. Uh, we had a false positive test on Saturday of last week. Um, so I was in isolation until uh, I was let out. Uh, we had talks with the counties all week. They um, didn't approve our initial request um, to get out of isolation just because we didn't have enough info. Um, but I still tested throughout the week, ended up coming back, having a couple negative PCR COVID tests. And then eventually the talks with the county went well and I was cleared out uh, Thursday night, right before a walkthrough. But I mean, wasn't able to participate in the walkthrough. So we got one Friday morning. And then, I mean, I was up to date, was still in all the meetings. Um, I was still ready to play, just wasn't out there practicing with the team the first couple of days. But I thought we had a really good, we had a walk through Friday morning and we had a really good practice Friday night and um, looked really good and I felt prepared. So um, practice wise, definitely odd to be not out there the first couple of days, but I thought we did well at um, responding to what was going on and coming out and play here today. It's not an ideal situation, clearly, as that was a Davis Mills taking us through his week. And no, Davis was not sharp. His first few throws, okay. On rhythm, nice timing. All right, things looked okay on Stanford's opening drive, but that first that first true downfield throw to Elijah Higgins on third down was off target. And maybe it was a bit of timing as well. Who knows? But it was not there. It was not sharp. And Mills really wasn't as sharp throughout 
much of the rest of that game until the game was out of hand and Stanford wasn't complete in total comeback mode. Now, sometimes he didn't get much help. Michael Wilson with another critical drop, this one in the end zone. Good news there is that Wilson certainly redeemed himself during Stanford's comeback. I mean, that, 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 that catch along the sideline on third and 14 that uh, he just snatched away from the Buffs defender and made a little bit of a run after the grab to get a 26-yard uh, completion, all told. Midway through the third quarter with Stanford down by 19. That changed the game. That changed the game. And, and, and Wilson became the Michael Wilson that, that we'd seen from him at points throughout last year. That was nice to see. But still, Wilson with drops. Uh, other receivers with drops as well. Mills didn't get 100% help throughout the entire course of that game. But Mills didn't do himself too many favors either. So Stanford's 0-2 now. Did Davis Mills' COVID situation cost Stanford both of those games with the false positive that, that, that kept Davis out of the game against Oregon and out of the preparation for this game against Colorado? Were both of those games lost for Stanford before they were even won? I can't completely go there, but... I do think that last week versus Oregon would have been closer. Perhaps a lot closer. I don't know. It, it definitely made a difference in how Stanford had to approach itself from an offensive standpoint, an offensive philosophy. So I'm not going to say that Stanford's 0-2 just because Mills had that false positive in Eugene. Stanford certainly did a lot of other things to, to, to earn its current 0-2 record. And I'm not going to get all outraged about it either. I mean, the easy thing to do is to get mad about it. Out outrage is the order of the day, it seems. But you know what? Until this disease is beaten, and as long as the as long as the higher ups insist on trying to play college football through it while much of the country is on fire, boy, I hope things really improve at Arizona State, by the way. This is where we are. And this is what it looks like when you try to play college football during a pandemic especially in an area of the country where the authorities are taking the pandemic a bit more seriously. This is what it looks like. It's college football in 2020. It's unfortunate that it involves Stanford's most valuable player. But here we are. 0-2. Now, Mills struggled, to be sure. But there was, there was one Stanford player who had a better day than you might think. Running back Austin Jones, you look at his stat sheet and in the rushing category, you are not going to be impressed at all. Austin Jones carried the ball nine times on Saturday and gained a grand total of nine yards. Nowhere near as impressive as, as his 100-yard performance against the Ducks the week before. I asked David Shaw for his initial read on Jones' day against Colorado. That was tough. Um... Colorado did a good job, a lot of movement, a lot of inside pressures, and uh, they made it tough for him to get through. Um, you know, barely got back to the line most of the day. And, uh, you know, that's that's them out scheming us, not performing us. Um, we'll, we'll see what it looks like after watching the film. Um, but loved a lot of things we had in the running game, um, a lot of things that we, we believe were prepared for what we saw. Um, we didn't execute. And... Uh, you know, we believe that, that Austin's a, got a chance to be an outstanding running back, but we got to get into the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, that just didn't happen with any regularity. So. Okay, that's true. And I certainly thought that out-schemed and outperformed 
was an interesting choice of words. But I also suspect that that was before Shaw looked at the tape. And I probably should have been, been a bit more specific in, in, in my question uh, to Jones, not just from, uh, from, from running the ball, because there was a bit more there. There was a bit more there. And, and hopefully the tape on Austin Jones showed some of the things that, that I noticed. Jones was terrific in pass protection especially late in the game, coming across the formation on a couple of occasions uh, to pick up uh, Colorado's outside blitz and doing so masterfully and giving Mills time to, time to find guys and time to, time to do what he needed to do. There was a three-play sequence late in the first quarter where it kind of became the Austin, the, uh, the Austin Jones show for a moment. Uh, Mills was forced to scramble, uh, but a big block from Jones on Colorado inside linebacker Nate Landman, sprung Mills for 12 yards in the first down. Heck of a block by Austin Jones on that one. Next play, a pass to Jones, who juked Landman out of his jock with the shimmy shake for six yards. Then the next play, Jones catches a swing pass for nine yards in the first down. Impressive sequence for Austin Jones. Jones on the day ended up with seven catches for 48 yards. Now, his big contributions are supposed to be in the running game. You're supposed to be able to look at that stat sheet and go, wow, Jones had a great day on the ground. That's where most of his contributions are supposed to come. But there's much more to being a running back, especially in this offense, than just running the ball. You've got to catch the rock. And if you cannot pass block, you will not play. Jones caught the rock, and he pass blocked very well. Maybe a forgettable day on the ground for Austin Jones against Colorado, but, but he's becoming a more complete player, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he develops going forward. But by and large, missed opportunities for the Stanford offense and bizarre sequences too, including on Stanford's second drive. Cardinal with third and one from their own 35, and, and they brought out Isaiah Sanders, the uh, grad transfer from the Air Force Academy on third and one, and you figure, okay, all right, let's see, let's see where this goes. Xanders isn't going to be the, the, the guy that you turn to when you need to throw the rock. But in these types of situations, okay, let's see what happens. Unfortunately, Stanford had to call a timeout because the play clock was down to one second. We've seen that a lot over the years. And instead of keeping Sanders out there, the element of surprise was gone. They had to bring Davis Mills back after the timeout. Mills threw incomplete downfield. And then Stanford had to punt after a delay of game on fourth and one. Just a weird, weird sequence. And I had to ask David Shaw about it afterwards. Yeah, we, uh, we got Isaiah from, uh, as a grad transfer from Air Force. Um, it's something we've been working on for a while. Um, he's got a great package of plays. And um, went out there and the, and the clock expired. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was a difficult uh, situation. Um, we got to be faster, get him, get him on the play, get him on the field, and, and he's got to recognize that and um, get, get the snap off before the clock runs out. And, and part of me, part of me thinks that perhaps Stanford's offensive rhythm that it had somewhat established in that first drive, that opening drive, and had a chance to continue on in that second drive, Maybe it got stunted a bit, and, and it took a couple quarters for the Cardinal offensively uh, to, to relatively recover from that in some respects. And Stanford was just rough in short yardage, just rough, especially in the first two-plus quarters 
when the Cardinal just saves many of their biggest mistakes for third and one and fourth and one and prevented them from keeping drives going. Then the next thing you know, things got out of whack and Stanford's looking at a 19-point deficit. Rough time all the way around for Stanford offensively. Defensively, that wasn't much better. I'll give you the good news first because I'm a nice guy. Defensive line had moments, especially against the run. I mean, Jared Broussard still had over 100 yards rushing for the Buffaloes, but but it's still it's still the quietest 121-yard rushing game that you're going to come across. I, still, I couldn't believe that when I saw that on the stat sheet after the game. Defensive line had moments with Thomas Booker and Dalen Wade-Perry and, uh, and Tomas Schaffer. Jordan Fox with a big play early as he crunched Colorado quarterback Sam Neuer and uh, helped force an interception that Malik Antoine snagged on a deep ball in the first quarter. And I was interested to see the card running a 3-3-5 on a couple of defensive series. Three down linemen, three linebackers, and five defensive backs. Stanford normally runs a 3-4 base. A 2-4-5 isn't uncommon uh, for Lance Anderson and his crew as well. But another tough day. Another one for the Stanford defense. The secondary struggled again. Most glaring error was that busted coverage on a third-quarter touchdown. Salim Turner Muhammad blitzes, and there was literally no one behind him. The Colorado receiver just runs straight down the field. Sam Neuer picks it up, and one of the easiest touchdown passes that you're going to see. After the game, Malik Antoine offered up his thoughts on what went wrong for the Stanford defensive backs. Collectively, uh, we have to get better execution-wise. You know, it's too many times where uh, one guy is not doing their job and it shows up. Um, so that's one thing. But also, I think we can all we can all get better at tackling. We can all, we can all get better at playing the ball downfield. I think even when we're in coverage, uh, sometimes guys just don't make the play. So on the back end, we have to execute. We have to finish the play, and we just have to tackle better. Yeah, he's right. By, by the way, it was nice to see Caillou Blue Kelly back on the field, but I didn't sense much of an impact from him throughout the course of the game. And the outside linebackers got gotten by the outside option again. Remember a couple touchdowns from Tyler Shuck, Oregon quarterback, a couple weeks ago, in which the outside linebackers, specifically Thunder Keck, just got eaten up by the outside option. It happened again this week. And Sam Neuer and the Colorado Buffaloes took advantage. Look, folks, I mean, Colorado looked well coached. They executed well. They looked like a team in mid-season form. And I take my hats off to them. Congrats to the Buffs. I mean, you know, for a few minutes there on Saturday afternoon, I thought the Pac-12 South might very well run through Boulder. Then USC scored late against Arizona, and the Trojans are 2-0 somehow. But still, congrats to the Buffs and Carl Durrell. Buffaloes didn't have any spring practices. Heck, they changed coaches in mid-February after Mel Tucker bolted for East Lansing. That's not working out too well for him. And they didn't even know who their quarterback was going to be when camp started. But they looked like the more cohesive team on Saturday. They looked ready to play. Stanford did not. Now, Stanford did make that game much closer than it probably deserved to be. But I don't think anyone's taking that as a moral victory. Unless it's an actual victory, I, I, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. And, and right now, the, the big two takeaways for me from Saturday are these. One, 
Stanford was outplayed and outcoached when it mattered most. Or as David Shaw himself said, you heard it earlier in the program, outschemed and outperformed. Number two, going forward, based on what I've seen from Stanford and the rest of the opponents on the card schedule, or most of them, except for Cal, Cal's playing right now as I, as, as I speak. When you hear this, that game will probably be over. But, but as I speak, haven't seen Cal yet. But based on what I've seen from Stanford and most of the rest of the opponents on Stanford's schedule, there are no gimmies now. No gimmies at all. Remember when I said when this version of the schedule came out that Stanford must go 3-0 at home? Remember when we thought that the schedule makers had blessed Stanford with three, air quotes here, easy home opponents? Well, you saw what Colorado just did. Washington State beat Oregon State in week one without 32 players, including running back Max Borgie, their best player. Borgie didn't play again for the Cougs against Oregon. And, 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 and the Cougs actually gave Oregon a closer game than Stanford did. Oregon State gave UW all it could handle. Save for a bad spot on fourth and one, that, that could have been a game won by the Beavers, potentially. And they also have Jamar Jefferson at tailback. Jamar Jefferson is a dude. He is a dude. I like watching that kid run the ball for the Beavs. Oh, and Stanford still has to go to Seattle and Berkeley, too. I look at Stanford's schedule the rest of the way. Are, are, are there teams that I think Stanford is better than on paper? Yeah. Yes, I do. But I can't say that Stanford can beat any of them right now. Not playing like this. Not playing like this. And that's my biggest takeaway from, from yesterday. There are no gimmies now for Stanford. Margin for error is gone. Gone. If the Cardinal want to have anything resembling a successful season, if they want to salvage this, it needs to happen starting this week. The good news is that Stanford hasn't hit its ceiling. They're capable of being a much, much better team. But they need to start showing it right now. Right now. I always welcome your thoughts. Hit me up on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. Hashtag TreeCast is the best way to ensure that I see what you've got on your mind. One more order of business to do, and that is to go stock up and stock down on the Colorado game. Who gets an unofficial game ball from us, and who needs to stay after class and do a little extra work? Well, first, the good news. Let's go stock up. And look, he was our stock down after the Oregon game, but he's stock up today. Jet Toner, the Cardinal kicker. We saw too much of him in the first half as Stanford kept sputtering in inopportune positions at inopportune times in the first half. But still, he went three for three, hit from 48 yards, 33 yards, and 28 yards. Jet Toner's our stock up. Let's go stock down. And quite honestly, everything else, everything else, everything else. Wide receivers dropped catchable balls. Mills struggled. 
offensive tackles, I thought, took a step back. Uh, Walter Rouse and uh, Foster Sorrell uh, looked a bit overwhelmed at times by some of the quickness outside uh, by the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Secondary got beaten time and again. Just about everything else stocked down for Stanford. The good news is there are four games left. At least, well, at least four. There, there is that fifth, that fifth mystery game out there on uh, December nineteenth. So that that's the good news. There, there are more opportunities to be had. We think, and we hope. COVID nineteen is really starting to overtake things right now. So I, I, I'd love to say that 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 Saturday's game against the Cougs is guaranteed, but I, I, I can't, I can't right now. But Stanford will get chances to get better. Will it get easier? No. No. We just discussed that. But the Cardinals still can have the opportunities to play up to their potential and play at the level that that we think this team can be at. But it needs to start this week. We'll take you through it. It's what we do on the TreeCast as we come at you twice a week during the football regular season. So that means our next chat will be on Thursday. Next episode will come your way on Thursday, in which we will start to break down and preview Saturday night football at Stanford Stadium, an 8 p.m. An 8 p.m. kickoff? Ugh, man, it's going to be cold in that press box, but that's okay. 8 p.m. kickoff between the Cardinal and the Cougs. You heard from David Shaw. You heard from Davis Mills. You heard from... Malik Antoine. But the biggest thanks goes out to you for joining us on the show and for being a part of the festivities. Was this episode festive? Probably not, but I think you know what I mean. And we'll do it again on Thursday. Until then, don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Wear a mask. Now more than ever, wear a mask. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. And we'll talk to you later this week on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.